bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus like we're talking about reality TV. And girl, what a fucking week. The full moon combined with watching <laughs> one too many QAnon documentaries, okay? And we turned into weird, half sober, meaning not drunk, werewolves. And I don't think werewolves should exist unless they're drunk. Ooh, drunk werewolves. You're absolutely right. You're thank absolutely God, right. But thank God we're not drinking while we're getting through all these fucking weird QAnon docs. Oh my God. It just is like, I can't, I couldn't take it. I went, I went insane. Yeah. I went, I lost my mind. Because I lost it's, my mind. It's, it's very bizarre. It's a, it's a rabbit hole we don't recommend. But if you no. want to get in it with us, we say, go on a cleanse while doing it. You can do other <laughs> drugs, which we did. But if we had been drinking, I don't know, we'd be off. We'd be on some QAnon cult right now. I can't. I can't because just... these documentaries. So there's one on Vice. Yes. Called three, the, the Search for Q. And it's a three episode series or whatever. Kind of. mm-hmm. And now they're currently running one on HBO. Right. Which is Into the Storm or something like that. Yeah. Q Into or, the Storm. Yeah. Like so Into the for Storm. Q. Just cut the shit. So there's only three that have aired. We haven't even watched the most recent HBO because we needed. I I came over and Mammy was like, "You want to do the new QAnon?" I was like, "I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think so." I know I'm complaining about it for days, and then I'm like, "Should we watch it?" Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's it's it is like a drug. It's a disgusting, yeah. sickening drug. It so really we lost is. our damn minds, yep. but here we are. And Emily Ganyan, Mammy, yes, Emily Ganyan sent us an envelope. It looked like a very official envelope with real photographs, honest to God photographs, not postcard pics. I don't know. Did she go down to like a, to CVS to get those printed? <laughs> Can you still do that? I don't know. Can you I'm even like, still this do is that? nice. God. It's just a bunch of pics. Wow. It's of her and her sister, Sarah and their friend, Cara. Mm-hmm. They all listen to the podcast. They listen to the regular weed. Mm. And I think they share a Patreon, which mm. we recommend to mm-hmm. everyone. You better share that password. Yep. We don't care. Share it far and wide, but get your ass on there. Uh-huh. And apparently, Meow Meow, Cara came out as a big old les well congratulations to you yeah cara during her dgp journey. wow you know we have dgp babies and we have dgp marriages we have dgp divorces which is also something to love that to congratulate love that and dgp coming out stories yeah we need it's more insane of them. insane we need more dgp coming out <sighs> stories hey sharks Emily from Chicago here. I've been a devoted listener since 2018 when my smart older sister, Sarah, told me about you guys. She deserves all the credits since she discovered you two on People's Couch, RIP, and then told me about your DGP podcast. Sarah? 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 
Black, pink, and your Saria. Sarah and I have cried laughing at so many of your episodes, but mainly we love someone farted on Meet the Press. I remember cry laughing on my way home from work, pediatric ER nurse humble brag. We still play it every year after Thanksgiving when we too are gassy for the gods. Sarah also blackmailed you guys via Twitter, <laughs> whether you know it or not, into doing a QVC episode of the Patreon. Oh, it was AKA that. AKA Is It Wigs. It was that. It was Saria. Mm. Black, pink, and your Saria oh. who requested. She said she would join the Patreon mm. if we would do an entire episode. Right. And we said, done and done, bitch. <laughs> That's right. Done and done, bitch. When you posted the episode, she said it was literally the best day of her life. Because of that, we now... All listen to the Patreon, admittedly stealing Sarah's account. We have wanted to reach out for so long, and the timing finally felt right. The purpose of this letter is to tell you about my best friend Kara's, pronounced Kara, or like the Spanish word for face. 25th birthday on March 20th. You probably don't remember, but Kara attempted to get you guys to shout out my birthday in December and sent a lovely email with tons of details. Everything you ever wanted to know about me except my name. So therefore, the shout out didn't happen. I'm hoping to get a shout out for her birthday, partially to make her day, but also to inspire her to work harder for my next birthday. <laughs> After my sister introduced me to the DGP family, I realized my best friend Kara needed to hear it especially after listening to the episode about Bruce Kavanaugh and Jazzy Blazy Ford. Remember Christine, Jazzy Blazy Ford? <laughs> uh -huh. And Bruce Kavanaugh. <laughs> we basically have, we're seeing the fires, we're seeing the droughts completely memorized and have recited it far too loudly in public places. God, I'm so touched. Yeah, it's so sweet. That's like one of our favorites, is, you know. See. I mean, I want Emily to know that they might say, we're seeing the fires, we're seeing the droughts. But Julie and I always end on, why do we do civil rights? And I'm sure people are like, why are they saying, why do we do civil yeah, rights? Exactly. When I think we know why we do civil rights, but that's just part, that's of, part of it. That's part of what's her name? What's her fucking name? Mm -hmm. uh, Do Doris Kearns, mm. Doris Goodwin Kearns. Yeah. She said, we're seeing the fires. We're seeing the droughts. <laughs> Our grandchildren. And then why do we do civil rights? And, this is what, and then she farted yeah. or someone farted on someone Meet the Press. Did. Someone did. We blame her right. in love because we want it to be Doris. Well, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Kara and her family went through it. In 2020, as did so many others, her beloved auntie Rosie passed away in February of 2020, leaving her mom, who is a lung cancer survivor, to take care of their 97-year-old mother, Kara's grandmother, and struggle through quarantine without her support system. In October of 2020, Kara and her mom had to watch her grandmother pass away virtually because of COVID oh, no. and nursing home rules. That is a nightmare. While this past year has been so incredibly rough, she has taken each day in stride and I'm so proud of her. Kara came out to all her friends and family in January of 2020, including me. Here's the good stuff. <laughs> when she texted me, if you'll be the dumb, I'll be the blank. My first reaction was, please don't ask me to start a podcast with you. <laughs> and also, are you calling me dumb? Emily's <laughs> the single only individual in the entire country and possibly the planet mm. not interested in starting yeah, a podcast. Shit. And for that, we thank you, Emily. Mm -hmm. Turns out I am dumb because she had to spell it out for me and said, that was me coming out. Thankfully, everyone in Kara's life has been nothing but supportive, especially her mom, who immediately bought a book written by Ellen DeGeneres' mother about supporting an LGBTQ kid. Well, that's oh, nice. that's cute. Anyway, I know this letter is beyond rambling and borderline boring. Regardless, if you read this on the actual podcast, I know it will make Kara's day to know you have tons of pictures of us on the Drug Den bulletin board and know the story of how three girls from Chicago came to be a part of the DGP family. 
P.S. If you do a show in Chicago, there will be at least three people there. Please come. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations, Kara, and all three of you. Congratulations on your Sar- friendship. Saria <laughs> and Emily, yep. you're all going to have your picks up here. We yeah. love you for sending picks. That's They're awesome. gorgeous. Love it. And we love you guys. Now, Somerset Simpson, who is one of the major important members of our Patreon family. Uh-huh. She finally sent us her picture for the Drug Dem Bulletin Board memo. Finally. And she went ahead and sent along three boxes of <laughs> gifts just beyond, yeah, beyond I mean, generous. Very unnecessary. Now, there's there's one whole box filled with, like, novelty books. Right. Like, Trump joke books and right. drinking game books. Right. And then she gave us a vintage Joe Cocker record. Full-size record. I gotta get a record player now. Bought this in December, January of 2019 when I took my mom to Iceland for a month. Wow. Remember when you talked about Joe Cocker at some point on the Patreon in 2019? Anyway, came out to my mom right after. Bought this for you. Good mams. Everyone's coming out. Somerset only came out in 2019? Wow. Wow. After we talked about Joe Cocker on the Patreon? And then she bought a used joe cocker album in iceland now somerset is also on her dikey lesbo journey Crazy. with us it's what? so great <laughs> i mean and i just want to say that she also made us candles they're homemade candles that she just made yes they're not labeled but you put a little note that it was supposed to be woodsy like the man candles we love I went ahead and got a fluorescent marker and wrote a giant V on the top of one of them because I want you to know it smells a lot like Gwyneth Paltrow's. This smells like my vagina candle, (laughs) candle, which I do have, and I know what it smells like. By the way, that I bought in January of 2019. It's a sign. No, I got that in January 2020, so it's not a sign. Oh, (laughs) here. So, Julian Brandy. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. This box letter has been a long time coming. There's so much to say, but I shouldn't gush too much. So I'll just let you know that your podcasts have been such informative, regular weed and hilarious Patreon lifelines through some truly heinous shit. Julie, your rage has inspired me to scream back at the people who really fuck with me. It's been great. I support your rage. And Brandy, you are such a gem. I love you, gorgeous ladies. Thank you for all that you do. Well, Somerset, you're gorgeous too. (laughs) And she sent Paloma premium cocktail mix. So we know Mm. that she really listens to the regular weed and the Patreon because we love a grapefruit mixer. (laughs) Love. Absolutely love. Palomas are the business. How exciting. It's gotten so summery here. Everything's about to open up. We're going to sit outside and we're going to drink these Palomas in the privacy of our own Herms. Okay. (laughs) And you know what? Thank you so much. Oh, and the piece de resistance. That is the fucking Tenacious D45. Crazy. Tenacious D, Jack Black, did Time Warp as a fundraiser for Elizabeth Warren during that time. And they went and they made a video. And then I guess he made, they literally printed 40 little 45 records. And she got us one of those. And we were obsessed with that. We're huge Tenacious D fans. And we're obviously huge. huge Rocky Horror Tim Curry fans. So this is so fucking awesome I'm, we're gonna definitely that shit's getting framed and put in the hall of glory yeah we've got tom christopherson christopherson 45 that he sent from fucking australia yeah, yeah. with tim curry getting a fucking tan yeah, the record yeah it's going right on our tim curry like yeah, hall we of have fame a full wall. tim curry wall and it's going right on there and we absolutely 
live for Tenacious D. Live. Danny Ray sent us a luxurious K-pop <laughs> gift box tailored just for our very basic bitch K-pop tastes. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to have it to match our black, pink, in your cherry, yeah, <laughs> our blanket. Our blanket that goes right on our chair yep. that we got from Tiff Fitch. By the way, I wanted to tell Tiff Fitch and I wanted to tell Lulu Danzig Tiff Fitch also sent us a little package of um, Kamala Harris, JoJo and Kiki stickers, mm. Joe Biden and Kamala mm -hmm. Harris mm -hmm. stickers. There was one sticker that was a picture of just Joe Biden's head. And mm -hmm. I wanted Lulu Danzig to know that we put Joe Biden's head over her ex. <laughs> we kept your wedding picture up, Lulu, where you held up just two bug nuts getting married mm -hmm. with a picture of us. We kept that up. We covered your ex with a picture of Joe Biden. So now it looks like you're marrying a very studly Joe Biden. I mean, come on. See what you're doing for the world, Tiff Fitch. <laughs> so Danny, he sent us a deluxe box set of black pink. And I'm talking deluxe box set. Yep. Because one can't dabble in K-pop as we started to do, do during COVID-20 without becoming a blink, meow meow. I mean. We're full-time blinks. We're full-time <laughs> blinks. He also sent us the Irene and Sulgi monster box set Ooh. because our first and forever favorite K-pop group will always be Red Velvet. <laughs> That's right. But their fans are called like Red Velveliers or <laughs> Revelubs or some bullshit. And so we're more blinks, but we fucking live and love, love Red Velvet. Mm -hmm. We love monster. Mm -hmm. My favorite Red Velvet is Sulgi. And I think yes. yours is probably Wendy. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're both of ours now, now. Don't they're try to take Wendy. I'm not, I, okay. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even claim any of them, really. I love Sulgi, though. Yeah. She's in the subunit. Oh, that's right. And, She's in the subunit. Which right. is just called Irene and Sulgi. Right. Sulgi. That's right. Uh, what we're talking about are two box sets, like box sets that I don't even I have. I don't even know that they sold these like this anymore. CDs in boxes where there's like inserts and pictures and cards. And picture books, stickers. Picture of the whole thing in these huge boxes. And Danny sent Sour Patch a bid thing of Sour Patch Kids yes. with the box sets. Yep. Amazing. Dear Julian Brandy. Hey, y'all. My name is... Hey, y'all. My name is Danny Ray. I've been a fan of you guys ever since I saw the Hot Tea episodes. I became obsessed from watching Julie's roles on various television episodes to watching Brandy's Joaquin Phoenix stand-up video on YouTube. Oh, good God. <laughs> I became a $2 Patreon member in 2018 and just love y'all ranting about everything and anything. I'll always laugh when Julie says, Nyark, or when Brandy says, close your legs to married men. <laughs> when you guys started discussing K-pop last year, I was so happy as I am a huge K-pop fan. So I decided to gift y'all two albums from the groups you've played on the Patreon. One is Blackpink's debut album, and the other one is Red Velvet's Irene and Sulgi's monster mini album. I mean, we really sound like the most <sighs> basicest of bitches with this. But you uh, know what? Danny's not judging. No. And... No, we do what we the do. The heart wants what the heart wants. That's right. Each contains lots of goodies other than the CD. I also put in some Sour Patch Kids so y'all could snack on. Due to privacy reasons, I can't send a photo of myself just yet for the Drug Den Bulletin Board, but I'm hoping to really soon. Please enjoy your gifts and thanks for brightening my day every week. P.S. By the way, just so everyone knows that there is consent, you could read my letter on the podcast or and or Patreon if you want to. Danny, thank you so much. I really feel like not judged Mm -hmm. by Danny in terms of our K-pop tastes. Yeah. Just seen and appreciated. Yeah, just like glad that we're got, glad it. that we're dipping our toe in the K-pop arena. And I also appreciate that Danny mentioned the photo, the pic, not sending the pic because we have a hard rule to raise that you do not send gifts right. in here without sending your picture. Right. Like Danielle from last week who sent us the amazing Kamala Harris candle. 
It didn't send us a picture. Right. <laughs> Danielle. It's funny. It's Danielle and Danny. Now, Danny, we will wait until you are able. Mm-hmm. Do not send another gift in here until mm-hmm. you get us your picture, Danny. And Danielle, you too. Um, we don't want gifts without pics. It's the law around here. <laughs> and you know what, Mamma? There's no better gift than their pics anyway, right? That's right. We're not and then and as we've say, we say all the time, we don't we certainly don't need or want gifts and all we want are your pictures so that we know who you are and we know who's listening. And so that we can have your face on the wall where we work <laughs> and do drugs. <laughs> okay, Mamiao. It's Forever 21. Oh, I'm so excited. And we are definitely embarking on our basic bitch health journey okay (laughs) yeah we're not even gonna look at our shit like a diet because it's not even that at this point we're trying to firm up Mm -hmm. and just get healthy we really trying not to get liver disease if at all possible (sighs) trying to bring the inflammation down you know what i mean get rid of all the fungus and shit Mm -hmm. and just yeah clean it out it's all just about you know you look weird you're gonna be weird okay (laughs) we need the insides looking healthy (laughs) we need the inner glow yeah i don't even know if we would be on the basic bitch journey if it were not for wild bar when we found wild bar wow transformation okay now the appetite is being curbed the appetite is being helped because each of these bars is soup is filling. It's like literally actually like a filling snack and or you could even use it as a meal substitute. But I if- feel like it's been more life changing for me because you will eat healthy things. Yes. And I won't. Mm-hmm. We're all just trying. It's the ketosis. It's the <laughs> keto. It's the fat burning. Right. It's the keeping, you know, your blood sugar even. All of these things, you're you're trying to avoid the blood sugar spike, the highs and lows of sugar, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm trying to starve myself. That is my, I don't give a fuck about blood sugar. I don't care. Keto bullshit. What I care about is eating less food. So when I'm doing, I'm doing intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. I need to try to, push through the last couple hours before I'm going to eat a meal right without just ripping open Doritos and eating them right this wild bar yes it's a godsend Mm -hmm. what's great about the wild bar is that you're getting you savory and sweet so if you're a person who like loves sweets or you want chocolate or you want candy or whatever or maybe you want chips or you want nuts blah 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 this is giving you kind of both which is amaze because it's got they've got fruit flavor so it's like cherry blueberry pineapple but they're made i think the majority of it is hemp seeds i'm not even sure you look down at it yeah it's seeds and nuts and berries (laughs) and twigs that are all Mm -hmm. put together in this bar Mm -hmm. when you eat it it is so filling and so satisfying my jaw gets tired by the end i'm like my jaw's tired of chewing you think you have a big appetite you think you want to fucking eat 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 yes when your jaw gets tired you know it's like you're full that's like you know what i mean that's true that's why people want to rip it like you Mamal. you Mm -hmm. want to eat bones you want to rip into steak i do and you eat these nuts and fruit and it's like you will get full. It's an independently owned, you know, it's like some fucking jujitsu guy, whatever. <laughs> it's not some big company. It's not owned by Nestle. We really appreciate that. I went on the website and I saw that they're like available at Air One. I don't even know if they have them anywhere outside of LA or, I've or, never heard or of like San Francisco. Uh-huh. Like, but you know, you see Jennifer Aniston walking out with like a bag of algae and right. she's like eating it and it costs $350. <laughs> it's like, it is so, they are so particular about what they carry 
they just will not it is it's every single you know everyone in there is like wearing patchouli and like worried about the oh, environment i'll tell you we've we're it's countdown t-minus to when jennifer aniston is walking out eating a wild bar i'll tell you that right now and if you want to be like jennifer aniston walking out of everyone eating a wild bar then you need to go to wildbar.co wildbar.co put in promo code dumb gay to get free shipping anywhere in the u.s again Go to wildbar.co, put in promo code DUMBGAY to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. There's a lot of bars out there to choose from, but Wild Bar? Wild Bar is our favorite. Okay, now it's time for an updated edition of a series that we started back in Scrunchy 19, the Icon Series. Every so often, we get the opportunity to talk to someone so major that they require a whole episode, not just one segment. And those are the people that we put in the Icon series. They aren't necessarily famous or widely known, but they are iconic and infamous in their own industries. They are agitators who disrupt big business and the uber rich on behalf of all of us regular assholes. So we've given the Icon title a little facelift to better represent what we feel is the essence of the series. So without further ado, let's meet our first Bob Ross Icon, Mau Mau, mm -hmm. of Forever 21. Hello, I'm Bob Ross. Motherfucking legend. Motherfucking legend. Even if I die, living legend. Look at my reflection. Ain't no second guessing. Always be a legend. A motherfucking legend. Motherfucking legend. You ready to have some fun? Let's do it. We are so excited because today we are finally adding another name to our Dumb Gay Politics Bob Ross Icon Series. Since the inception of this show, we have talked to quite a few influential people. But today is only the fourth time that we're talking to an actual, literal icon. Yes, and he's an icon because he historically changed the game of buying and selling stocks and therefore altered the course of the global financial markets forever. If trading stocks is an art, this dude is the Bob Ross of Wall Street. <laughs> he created a Reddit community called Wall Street Bets that took legal, elitist, high-stakes stock gambling and made it available to the masses. And now every douche tool on Reddit has money growing on their happy little trees. And it's all because of this guy. Yeah. He changed the game so much in such a specific Bob Rossian way that he inspired us to rename the entire series. <laughs> so henceforth, all icons featured in this series will be referred to as Bob Ross icons. And it's fitting because his persona is as confusing and mysterious as Bob Ross. Is he in the CIA? Is he a vampire? Is he an alien? Hopefully he's an alien vampire who's in the CIA. But that's not what makes him an icon. So we won't find that out today. What we are going to find out is how the fuck he created a Reddit group for millennial stock gamblers that grew to over 9 million members whose collective power now rivals some of the biggest players in the game. So we've all heard the basic end of the story. A bunch of Reddit nerds who are members of the Wall Street Bets subreddit group got together and bought up a ton of cheap GameStop stock through an online broker app called Robinhood. The GameStop stunt ended up taking down an enormous hedge fund, and these guys suddenly became the mythical superheroes they always imagined themselves <laughs> to be. It's like Manifest Destiny for dorks. But just like when the Avengers took down Thanos, it might be exciting and cool, but the Avengers wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for Nick Fury. That's right. right I'm very proud of you, for, you for doing that. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, the Watchmen are cool, but it's all about Dr. Manhattan. So call him Nick Fury or call him Bob Ross. We just call him an icon. Please welcome to the show, Jamie Rogozinski. Hi, Hi Jamie. Jamie. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. Before I start, I just want to say you did, you say GameStop stock very well. <laughs> Listen, we've had so much practice. So much practice. Yeah. Okay, so to begin, we're going to have you walk us through how you started the group step by step. We have a lot of questions, and they're not about whether or not we should invest our money in Bitcoin. We don't have any money. We have a political <laughs> podcast with 14 listeners. So, you know, I, it, how you start a subreddit is much higher the same way you start a Facebook page or any other social media page. You literally sign in or you sign up, you pick a name, you put it in there, and then you decorate it, and then boom, you know, you, you, you make a small description, and then you hope to promote it a little bit or talk about it and, and see if there's any interest. For my personal story, I... When I created this back in 2012, I am working at a, a decent job and it's leaving me a disposable income enough that uh, I'm able to put some away for my retirement, but also have leftover to play with, right? And so I'm interested in finance. I'm interested in the stock market. I understand basically how, you know, the most basic uh, component of the stock market, which is you buy a stock, you hope it goes up and then you sell it at a higher price and you make money. Uh, but there's a lot more complexities to the stock market. And that's kind of what I wanted to get into. Typically with, with finance or risk or life in general, the more you risk or the more risky something is, the, the higher the, the, the potential returns. And that's a little bit closer to what I wanted to get to. You know, typical uh, investing in your retirement involves fancy boring words like diversification and you know having uh, blah 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 and having more exciting is to be able to say hey i like netflix or i like tesla and i think it's going to go up because i just bought one and it's great mm -hmm. uh and and you buy it and then you start making uh you know it's considered riskier just to pick a, a single stock is considered risky by many serious investors because that anything could happen to that one stock uh, it, but then on top of that, there's things like stock options and other really fancy things that you can play with to be able to even risk higher and make, make more money. So there's no place for this at the time for me to talk about this. I'm getting shunned from other uh, communities, some on Reddit, some outside of Reddit. And so I decided, well, screw it. You know, I can just go ahead and, and, and create my own. So I went in there and. Uh, I registered it, came up with the name Wall Street Bets, you know, not because I was anticipating some casino type thing, but because I wanted to try and Are you sure? check all the. <laughs> it sounds like a you wanted bit. to do like barstool sports for. Well, know, it's it's kind of, of turned into that. It's it's fascinating, right? Because people have been calling the casino Wall Street a casino forever. Uh, I wrote a book about this and I've been researching as far back as Google let me search, which was in the 1980s. People are saying, oh, big big uh, hedge funds are treating Wall Street like a casino. A lot of that, that language came out in 2008 with the crisis. Um, and and, and <laughs> the idea is uh, has always been there, but it's form of an insult. The difference is that these people that are going on there, these younger generation millennials and, and generation X, they're they're not taking it as an insult. They're like, damn right, it's a casino. <laughs> this is, like, don't try to insult me with this. And this is fun, and this is open, and this is legal, and I'm allowed to do it. Unlike actual gambling, which for you know, it's slowly starting to get easier. But uh, but nevertheless, I created the name because I wanted to, to to get rid of the critics right at the door, and uh, and it certainly grew a lot. So you, it was just like around ten years old or ten years ago, right? Yeah, it's probably yeah nine years ago exactly. Yep. Now, were you on Reddit with a different name like Jamie Big Balls <laughs> and Lurk? What like what? Okay, let's say did Jamie you, Balls bets. Jamie Balls yeah, bets big money bag. Oh yeah, <laughs> dollar signs <laughs> in, in the eyes. Yeah, yeah, dollar signs yeah. in the eyes. Jamie, was that you? 
You know, I liked Reddit was a great community. I was watching it. I forget what year, maybe 2010-ish, 2008-ish, you know, in its really early days. And it's a lot of fun because the communities can be big or small, but they really feel small, right? Like you can have 100,000 or a million people on a community and you and you kind of feel like you know people. Uh, I even went to at one point that I, you guys might remember this. There was a, a rally in D.C. in 2010, I want to say, with Glenn Beck from Fox News. He was still with him at the time. And uh, and he wanted to do this thing. And there was a lot of people there saying Glenn Beck wants to do a rally. I forget. People were against uh, whatever he was pushing at the time. So, yeah, Glenn uh, Beck. So- <laughs> was it a rally? <laughs> against Glenn yeah. Beck? Glenn so Beck, people, go away. people on Reddit did something super interesting. They got a lot of people together and they pre- they pressured uh, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. Uh, to organize their own counter rally, right? And they started as a joke, but they had so much support that they ended up getting a, a rally that was twice as big. And it was a huge, huge event down at the at the mall. I lived in D.C. Uh, so I went to this event and I got to meet all of the owners of, you know, they went to a bar before the night before and the, they had, you know, so many people. It was like two, well, maybe 150,000 people. Uh, but nevertheless, so that's the kind of thing that Reddit has been known historically for. And, uh, and I just had that one account and I would just use it the same way that I would... Uh, uh, any other subreddit, you know, it's, it's funny, it's interesting, it's a really great uh, yeah. community, and obviously, um, it was it was the best place to pick at the time. Oh, yeah, we can thank them for QAnon too, <laughs> but we do we do like Reddit. I should say right now, now we we don't have accounts. We're comet creepers. We mainly hang around like groups about buried treasures. <laughs> And K-Beauty. It's true. I mean. Like, what is the sign of the purple (laughs) magnet that goes into the thing that will find the box that holds the key for the buried treasure? I'm not kidding. Did you have um, Wall Street Bets? Why not Facebook? Did you do Facebook? Did you do Tumblr? No, I just, I liked Reddit. I liked Reddit because it was... It had the, you have the choice to be anonymous. You don't have to identify yourself. You know, even your email address is optional. You literally pick a name and a password and you're in. Uh, and that allows you to interact. And you don't even have to do that, much like you guys. Uh, you, you just you can visit the page without actually registering it. And just you can't vote or you can't talk, but you can read. And so, uh, I, you know, I stopped liking. I liked Facebook when it first opened back in 2000. Well, let's go with four. You know, and I was still at the university at the time and it was super selective. You could only do it at first at Harvard and then a couple other schools. And so I I was a part of it. And back then, Facebook was about literally collaborating in college and getting to see who's in your class and stuff well, like that. Well, it's about who's hot and, um, okay, and Mark Zuckerberg is an asshole, but that's fine. Go on. <laughs> so, but I, I kind of grew away from, you know, as soon as it started opening up, like it lost its purpose. I used it literally for college. Uh, and, yeah, and I mean, for you can't be a vampire purpose. in the CIA on Facebook. <laughs> no, you cannot. No, not no you definitely cannot. <laughs> Talk a little bit about, before we get deeper into Reddit, why were you being shunned? The investing community is so stuck up, right? Like, mm. You, I, there was a, an investing, there still is, a, you know, the, the, an investing subreddit. It's called Investing, and there's a few other ones that are similar to that. And I'd go on there, and I'd literally just want to pick a stock. I'd say, hey, guys, I think Google is going to be great because they're looking into potentially getting into the telephone business, right? And they want to do a cell phone just like the iPhone, right? And and what do you think? They're going to report earnings, which is, you know, this thing they do every three months, and, and usually you have a lot of moves with the stock price after that. And people say, stay away from picking stocks. You're an idiot. You're going to lose all of your money. And I'm like, <laughs> How am I going to lose all my? It's Google, you know. It's not going to go bankrupt tomorrow. Maybe I'll, maybe it'll go down five percent. Maybe it'll go down ten percent on a really bad day, right? But that's a really bad day. Losing ten percent is, 
is is something that I could definitely pal- it was palatable because I wasn't going to retire on this. Plus, I don't have a wife and kids to answer to at the time. So, you know, so what if I lose a thousand dollars? Right. Uh, and uh, and so so that's how it started. And that's the reason why I was so off put by it. It's not like, hey, guys, I'm going to gamble with the, the kind of things that they do now, which is I'm going to put a half a million dollars on an all or nothing bet. Right. Which right. like which has until tomorrow to, to pan out. So uh, I, I feel like it's like when we go, you if you're watching like The Outsider, if you go on, they go crazy if there's a spoiler. Like you will, you will be shunned if you accidentally say a spoiler from one of the episodes or something. So maybe it's like, yeah, they can get together and be total assholes to somebody who like gives it away. Well, or... No, it's it's not congruent, right? So so everyone's trying to make money. That's the objective, right? I'm okay with losing money, but but the idea is that we're trying to make money. So you'd think that we all have the same goal. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's not, it's not quite like a spoiler because I don't know the results of the, you know, the no, stock's I mean, going to, yeah, otherwise I'd be super popular. Like right. No, but just <laughs> um, the fact that there's these rules of these communities and if you. Exactly. Against, yeah. It, it's that unspoken word where they say the trick to investing is to protect your capital, right? You're trying to combat inflation because this dollar back in 1970 something could buy so much stuff and blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and that's not the conversation I want. I want to say, hey, Google's making phones now. How cool is that? <laughs> that didn't and, pan and, out, did it? Yeah, they have a phone. They have a, do they yeah, have a phone? Is the, I don't know that the phone oh, is Oh, they own the other half of the market. Anything that's not an iPhone has Android on it, and that's Google. Oh, that's oh. Google. I always thought that was See, Samsung. This is why that's we don't, why we don't invest. <laughs> Literally, I thought it was Samsung. I swear to God. Um, okay, so there was no one else, no one out there like it. Wall Street Bets is the first of its kind, right? Because we might have to cancel yep. this interview. If not, okay, great. <laughs> Whew, thank God. Okay. Yeah, no, it definitely was the first, and I think that's why it got so much attention. Yeah. Well, is it hard? to start a reddit like you said it can be anonymous do you have to jump through any hoops or it's literally just like i could start one right now about like julie's vagina well i'll be a reddit account was in 2010 i guess so i've done it once and that was like over a decade ago so i'm i'm assuming that it's the same process maybe you have to go through you know i'm not a robot button or something like that that's new but for the most part you go on there you 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 know the very top right it says put in your username and password or make a new one and right. you do, and then boom, you're in Reddit. And then back then, if you wanted to create a a, a subreddit, you just say you basically look for something and say, I want to look about you know vaginas or whatever. And if nobody's sure. thought of that, surprisingly, yeah. then you can <laughs> register it, and then it's yours, right? And then you get to be in charge of it uh, and and talk about whatever you want to talk about. So you, and you do you have to be the mo- that's the moderator, right? Do you have to be the moderator if you create it? I mean, you're automatically assigned. Is, is the top moderator and then if you choose you can you can you can stop being a moderator and then somebody else can take it over and did you want to be the moderator yeah i mean that's when you want to create a facebook page you want to kind of mold I, I had this idea of what i wanted it to become and so i had to give it a little bit of a jump start which was okay it's called wall street bets and then you have to have a description so people know what the heck they're talking about uh, and they'll see on the on the right side, you'll see, okay, there's a community for talking about, you know, just fun things. And we're looking to learn and we can do stock options, whatever, and maybe some rules and say, don't talk about, you know, penny stocks or some things that you want to avoid. And then boom, you're and, and you're good to go. And as soon as you do that, people start talking. And I, as a moderator, I can start participating, make my own post and okay. try to lead the conversation a little bit. Right. And say, I'm going to talk about Google. Finally, here's the post about the phones. And here's why I think it's going to go up. And then people kind of take your lead. This is really early in the beginning, right? That's where you're setting the stage. And then I'm having fun and I'm laughing when I make money. I'm laughing when I lose money. 
And that's the culture that it's ingrained up until this day, right? Uh, after that, it starts growing. You can maybe put on additional moderators if you don't want to spend too much time going through it. You know, what a moderator typically tries to do is you want to watch out that some, nobody's doxing somebody, meaning posting right. their phone numbers on there or, or trying to do something abusive or threatening, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the typical stuff, right? Uh, and, and Reddit gives you some tools to try and, and deal with that. But that's the most of the moderating. And then, boom, if somebody's talk, talking about penny stocks or somebody's talking about politics and you're not, you're not supposed to, they say, hey, guys, you know, slap on the wrist, don't do that. And then you can get rid of that post. You can, you can delete that post so that nobody sees it. And, and the topic, the, the forum stays on topic. Uh, and that's pretty much all you do. After that's done, for, after the first year, I just let it go, right? And in terms of trying to to actively mold the the, the community, after that, I'm just an active participant in the in the foreground oh. and in the background. I am getting rid, you know, You're because rid of, of child this, porn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you didn't get too much of that, but you 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 would get insider trading stuff. Where you get people uh. trying to break the law with securities. So then that's what you have to kind of start watching. And are for. you but, as a moderator responsible for that? And in what way? Like you can't get in trouble because you didn't catch that because you're off living your fucking life right yeah no no you know it's funny you say that there was a really interesting situation to call it to say the least uh, a couple years ago where it was just a real sticky situation and i had these really fancy lawyers because i was trying to do something else with my life with regards to these securities and i said hey guys this is going on in the subreddit do i what's what's my liability what do i have to do about this and and do I have to tattletale like, you know, and, and so they pretty much explain it to me. Look, it's your protection. You're protected under Section 230. Right. This thing that got real popular uh, last year when, you know, politics was involved. And basically it says, look, I'm just the host. I'm not the one that's putting up the illegal things as, as long as I'm not condoning it. Right. As long as I'm taking steps to try and, and get rid of it, then I'm covered because it's, hey, look, my intention was not ill will. And so I'm good to go. Right. You didn't start the insider trading and securities reddit community correct if i'm promoting exactly if i'm promoting right. it or allowing it no right. then i'm in trouble okay so when you started this reddit for basically online stock gamblers basically <laughs> as, as said with love did you have a goal of how many people you wanted in this community was there an ideal number to you was there something that was was it ever going to be too big what were you thinking look i never thought about it in terms of numbers right because in terms of numbers everything goes eventually to infinity right like the population in the world well, this keeps podcast growing, so. cannot get more than 14 <laughs> listeners so i don't know i mean we've, we've tried so i wanted to make money i wanted to have fun and i wanted to meet people that wanted to do the same so right true. that that was my objective so if, if there's six people in the community then it's kind of limited even <laughs> though even though we, there was a group of people that i got really close with that was you know maybe 10 or so uh that, that was fun to to spend time with and really get to know but for the most part the the community has to be you know couple thousand a couple thousand you have activity you have enough that people are posting you know like you have and uh, how did 50... you get the people at first does it just at very very first i yeah. just went on the other communities you're allowed to kind of cross promote right which means you go on the investing uh, thing and you say hey guys are you tired of getting shunned for talking about individual stocks oh. come on over Great. And that's how I got a ton of people and I get, you know, a few hundred people the first week or so, maybe a thousand after a month. And then the the wow. subreddit naturally starts growing about 
it, it starts doubling every year because those people that are involved also when they're in other subreddits and so let's say they're in like a crypto like a bitcoin thing and they're talking about bitcoin in a different subreddit say oh you would love wall street bets because they think about risk the same way and and so then they do it for you uh and it just has this natural tra trajectory and it, it went in tandem with with the culture right like you have the ability to trade stocks was really difficult uh, when I first did it, 2006-ish, seven. Uh, it, it was expensive, time-consuming, whatever. It, it was much easier by the time I started Wall Street Bets. Now it's a joke, right? You download Robinhood on your cell phone and you just get started. And then people kind of walk you through it and it looks like a video game. You don't have to understand anything and you're good to go. So that the availability of what's happening there really grew. The uh, the demographics started also growing. You have these guys that, that are millennials, uh, uh, Generation X, sorry, Generation Z, uh, and, and they've, you know, they've also maybe they made it through the, the Great Recession, through the, the financial crisis, and now they're back on their feet. And they also have some money to play with, and all these things came together, and, and so naturally you had this this interest in the subreddit. When you moderate or on Reddit, does Reddit work like YouTube? So when you're the moderator and you have a group like that, can you monetize that as well or no? Do you know what, oh, I mean? what a sticky situation. Um, <laughs> I'm I don't know the answer to that. All right. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. Like I know certain facts. Uh, I I last year in April was was actually removed by Reddit um, uh, as the top moderator uh, without a reason. Right? And this is a whole this is this is a huge tangent and I'll avoid it unless you, you guys want to get into it. But. But the the assumption is that I was trying to monetize the Reddit. What did I do? I, I wrote a book uh, about the stock market oh, okay. and okay. and I used Wall Street bets, right? Uh, but I wrote a fucking book. Right. Okay, it's not right. like I was trying to right. sell these people, and and uh, and I put it up there, and that's the only thing that I ever did that actually created money. Um, I got kicked out, but at the same time, the moderators that are that are currently there they have had a store where they sell t-shirts for many years uh, and they still do, right? And so they're monetizing it as well. The rules on the Reddit terms of service say you cannot be paid to moderate a sub. In oh. other words, if Apple comes to me and say, or you know, Tesla says, hey, I'll pay you $1,000 to put a positive review about our stock, right? Like if they, well, I mean, that's also a securities violation. But if if somebody were to pay me to say, hey, you should allow cryptocurrencies on, on Wall Street bets, and I take that money and I change my style thanks to that money, right? Like I was bribed to do something differently, then that's against the rules. But actually making money from your own brand uh, is, as far as I know, not against the rules because they do it. All over Reddit. Yeah, I mean, I would never even think that. I was more thinking like on YouTube that people pay ads and it's like a whole monetized system. So I just didn't know if Reddit. Yeah, I don't know. What, uh, I mean, yeah. you people no. exist to promote themselves and well, yeah. do what and, they want. I mean, and I how why. how many hours are you dedicating to like, moderating this thing? It had to be some type of a job. Yeah, I mean, but it was a hobby. But yeah, a ton of I spent a ton of time. But I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Right? A lot of the stuff that I was doing was actually participating and making these posts and, and memes and pictures or whatever. Yeah. And so, if you consider that a job, uh, you know, the the Reddit itself sells ads on their own, and they show them, you know, throughout the page, and that's how they they make money. Um, but I'm not. But but it's not a platform where you can have like a YouTube or TikTok or whatever Instagram where you can. If the goal is I want to become this influencer or whatever, there's platforms for that. And it to this day, there's not much interest in 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 
monetize, you know, what, what is it that, that I would monetize? I'm much more interested in doing other stuff, which I'm still going to do. Like I started doing last year, coronavirus put a huge hamper on it, but I, and I'm going to do it again uh, this year where, where I take that with the wall street bets spirit. And I take this huge audience of people that just crave this high risk gamble on the stock market type video game idea. And we're going to have an, I rented out, well, last year was the biggest esports stadium, right? Where people play video games in front of a huge audience and they stream it online. Uh, this time I'm going to do it in, in Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest casinos there. Uh, rent, the, rent the huge venue, have all the people, uh, oh, the, all shit. the contestants, okay. and they're going to literally trade stocks like, like a video game. But they're going to do it with real money and they're going to see who can win and they're going to get like a million. I don't know how much. I'm not allowed yeah. to say. But so it'll be like a, a lot of money. That's exciting. My God, yeah, people are going to cool. love that. Oh. So that's the type of thing that I think is more interesting. And of course, that's that's much more monetizable. I wrote a book not because I wanted to be rich. I wrote a book because I had interesting ideas I wanted to share. Um, but uh, for the most part, it continues to be a hobby. My job is my job. And, and things I do with Wall Street Bets are, are hobbies that are on the side that I love. So let's talk about the community, the, the members mm -hmm. of Wall Street Bets. Now, um, Wall Street, you know, said with love and with all due, it's definitely filled with a lot of douchebags. Reddit as well. So yeah. like out of, you know, however many were, were in the community when you left, how many of those people did you want to slap? Like out of 9 million, would you say uh -oh. 8 million? <laughs> there's, there's a handful of them that, 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 that definitely deserve it. That's for sure. You know, but I, it's, it's, tri it's, a, it's a tricky thing. Part of what made Wall Street bets big was was when I started kind of taking a hands-off approach. Like at first I'm trying to micromanage and, and trying to kind of be like the big daddy telling people what to do. And and then I realized, no, I, I really don't know anything. And and so, some things rub me the wrong way. Like there's a lot the, there's a lot of language that is just straight up offensive, right? And yeah. it changes throughout. Now they, I forget what, what language it is now, but every year you go on there to see the most offensive crude language. And I look at that and go, wow, that's so difficult. And, then, and then I'm trying to, you know, you have the attention by the news and Bloomberg, all these different things. And they're trying to... to Talk about a guy whose name is Deep Fucking Value, and that's not yeah. even offensive. But there's other stuff that right. they literally can't say, and uh, and I said that's just distasteful. But you oh, know, it's free like speech. cunt liquor, <laughs> and then they can't even talk about it on the news about what the good cunt liquor forty five <laughs> got fourteen million dollars off of Van Z, and they can't say it. And you're like, oh, great. It's they also do racist had, had, and homophobic <laughs> and sexist stuff too, right? That's where it gets super tricky, right? There's a fine line between offensive and hateful, and that's where it's right. so hard. Right. to contain and so there's you know there's uh the, 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 it comes a point where you have to kind of draw the line and i did draw the line it's it's to the best of my ability you know when they, when there's two million people you can only do so much to catch all the things you have computers that help you automatically remove things and but there's creative people that get around it and whatnot but it's more the type it's more the message right so you have somebody that uses a really offensive racial slur or homophobic slur or whatever it's the word itself is bad, but it's more like this is allowed here. I'm allowed to I'm allowed to be like that here, right? Oh, cool. I, this is a safe haven for this type of personalities, and this is a safe haven for this type of community. And that was more scary to me. Yeah. And and so now it's it's tricky because I ended up selling my life rights to a studio, uh, to a movie studio for a lot of these things that happened. So I'm restricted with how yeah. many details oh, okay. I can get. No, but what I am what I'm allowed to say what's in public domain, and and part of the reason why I was removed has to deal with this with this uh, with this theme with me trying to tame this particular aspect of Wall Street bets and failing. So you probably hate those people.
people then, at least. Oh, so they handled. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Like, I want to know how many people came out of this group that where they now have like a career yeah, and about, their whole a, lives have changed. Whole, it is. It's a whole community and like a whole movement. So in 2015, if you wanted to do something like that, you kind of couldn't, right? It was too premature for you to become just an influencer. There was, I don't think it was even a word back then. Maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, and but there's been personalities throughout, such as I mean the the one one example that comes to mind was this guy who was like 17 years old he was using his parents account because he's not legally allowed to do these things and he's in high school and he's trades and he takes like i uh, forget like 900 bucks and over a week or so he turns it into 55 grand which was outstanding they're like oh my god this is crazy you're like a hero and he got the attention of the news and he was on market watch and you know and everyone's cheered him on because he's about to go to college and we know what, the, what that's about you know how much it costs uh and 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 so that guy was like a 15 minute celebrity. And then there's been a, oh, there's been tons of them. There was probably the biggest profile celebrity was a, was a troll, but, but one that I super appreciated because he was <laughs> artful, artful trolling deserves credit where it's due. Yeah, this like, guy was on, I like that term artful troll. I'm actually going to write that down because yeah. I do like art, <laughs> artful trolling. I like you that. have to understand the ins and outs of every component of every person involved and, and and have a technical understanding to do what he did and had a certain personality and and he did it master his name was fs yolo incidentally he's the guy that four no five six years ago he coined when he coined he was the first person to use yolo on wall street bets he said i'm going to yolo my life savings on these things and and previous prior to that it was only used by rappers and stuff and I so mean, it's all that, over that there term, now right i mean it's everywhere on wall street bets now right it's it's a, it's a term and so that was him and he was a troll and he, he he basically fooled the entire media into thinking that he blew his grandma's inheritance like a quarter million dollars <laughs> on and he did it with like a mask live on youtube of a horse that was really funny and so he could have done something but i think it was too premature nowadays uh you have the ability to do that easier i think that this guy that that made a lot of money with GameStop that was on in the congressional testimony keith gill as the as these uh congressmen are asking the congressmen and women are asking these questions they're all serious and he's just making fun of them without them realizing it because he had the straight face and he said something like i really like the stonk right and he's pronouncing it incorrectly the way that they do on wall street bets and it's and he's and he's using these kind of memes and, and lingo when you say that I really like the stock is kind of a thing that they say, uh. if, you know, when they say, OK, well, you know, according to the P&E the PE ratio of this and that and the sales of quarterly, whatever, and the, the present day value of the cash, flow, blah, 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 blah. Why do you think it should go up? It's like because I really like the stock. I mean, is there something, <laughs> though? Is there any regulation? that you think needs to be changed or is it all fine? I mean, it is, but it's technical and boring, but I'll try to, uh, you know, it's not what you think that when people say regulations, like you should put a stop to this madness. Well, we don't right? feel like, that way. Well, we, we love it. Right. We, <laughs> want, we want to regulate Facebook, Amazon and yeah. Google, and we want them broken up. But yeah. the way, what happened with you guys is like, so, why can't you guys just go and trade as much, as you, trade yeah. as, much as you want? So when people ask that question, not you guys, but when when people ask that question, sometimes it's insinuated that they're saying you shouldn't be allowed to manipulate the stocks or to do these things that like oh. this short, you know, to, well, that's and, and do, that's right? not no, it's not really going to be my answer because that is the nature of stocks. Stocks is about speculation. Like the the, yeah. the hedge funds do it all the time. They've done it forever. All these terms that exist, they say oh, it's a short squeeze. A short squeeze has a name. It's called a short squeeze, and it's existed since the early early 1900s. And it's a it's an active move of manipulating the market. There's ways to do it legally and illegally, 
And those laws are fine, right? If if you go on there and lie and say, hey guys, yeah, I have insider information about this thing and it's gonna do whatever, and then and then you profit based off of this lie, that's fraud, you know, or if you're trying to do a, a fake pump and you know, there's there's conditions that try to take the 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 bad intentions out of it. But the the people that are speculating and people that are literally just promoting their ideas because they're hoping uh, that more people join them, that's perfectly legal. Jim Cramer is a guy on CNBC does it all the time. Everyone it's so, so that's not, uh, I don't believe that should be regulated. What I do believe they need to do is two things. One, they need to update the system. So behind it, when you buy a stock and then you sell the stock using your cell phone or whatever, uh, you get the share and the money leaves your account. And then when you sell it, you, you lose the share and then you have that money back. And, and it's, it seems magical behind the scenes. They have to do these things between the broker and the clearinghouse and the exchange of the commission and they have to do a you know, collateral. They have to do what they have to settle two days, whatever. Just like when you write a check, it takes days to, to move, which is crazy. Uh, same thing with the stocks. Right. And so because of these this archaic infrastructure and in the uh, infrastructure in the background, it's really fragile when you have millions of people that aren't afraid to lose money. That are afraid, that aren't afraid to be reckless, that are using the stock market like they're beta testing on it live, uh, and they nearly did break the, the the system with with what they did on GameStop, and they've done it many times before. So I believe they need. To, I mean, some of these rules were written back in the day when you bought a stock in the New York Stock Exchange, you would have a physical certificate, a piece of paper you have to send by horse or whatever to the other side <laughs> of Manhattan. And it would take days to, to consolidate, right? Nowadays, it's instant. So there's no reason why they shouldn't do it. So if they can, if they can update that, that back end, I believe it would make the system less fragile because there's unintended consequences. So that I do believe it needs help. And then the second one is slightly less boring, but, but uh, whatever. It just deals with leverage. There's a lot of fancy words that were thrown around um, in 2008, right? You have derivatives. Let's just go with that one. Um, that that were previously only accessible to big banks and now they're accessible to anybody to you know you can buy a mortgage-backed security without realizing what you're doing which is fine i do believe that's okay uh but but in the wrong hands you have something that's called leverage which is where you have a little money controlling a lot of money uh and throughout history you've had a lot of really close calls with that and wall street bets has also done a really uh, good job at exploiting the the fact that there's there's weaknesses of the system. Point, case in point, in November in 2009, several people put in $5,000 in their accounts and they figured out a cheat code, right? Because they liked video games. They figured out an oversight by, the, by Robinhood. And they did these fancy maneuvers and they ended up with a million dollars worth of buying power in their account, right? They would buy these shares and they would sell what's called a cover call and they would recycle this thing because the money gets credited and doesn't get whatever. It's technical, but basically it means you put in $5,000 and when you wake up the next day, it says you can now purchase $1 million worth of stock, right? You can't re you can't remove the money because it's not yours, but but now you have the ability to buy a million dollars worth of stock, right? With five thousand dollars, so if you lose a million dollars, you don't have a, a way to pay it back. And enough people do that, that's a systemic risk. It's it's almost it's almost like a bank run. If you think of the fractional share, you know, the, the, the sorry fractional banking, where you have a little bit of money, but they you know they they don't have all the money, they don't have all the reserves, right? Uh, and if everyone takes their money out, then things kind of break. Leverage kind of gets to that. And these guys on Wall Street bets are reckless and they don't mind exploiting it. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And so I believe that needs a little bit of attention so that the whole a, thing doesn't but break. But is that a problem with Robinhood, the app? Not well, really. it was with them. No, it's the whole system. So this oh. this case, it was 
Robin Hood, right? Uh, because they didn't realize what they were doing. They're new and they were starting to offer these products and, and, and they didn't think it through all the way. Uh, but there's other things that are perfectly legal and it's not broker specific, which are just okay. these crazy derivatives that I'm talking about. Like these crazy tools. You pull it up on yourself. When you want to buy Apple, you type in AAPL, right? Or if you don't know it, you look, look you Google it and then it'll show you what that, that symbol is. And that's the name of the share. That's how you identify the share you want to buy. It's a symbol. And when you watch these finance news things, you see them on the very bottom scrolling and you see like the little letters and, and, and numbers. That symbol, sometimes you buy shares and sometimes you buy some really crazy math formulas that aren't shares and they're not companies, they're not CEOs, they're not anything other than just these, these combinations of really, really strange financial equations, right? That deal with way too abstract of a thing, but you buy it and it looks like you have a share in your account of a, of a, of a math formula, basically. And, and, and sometimes what happens behind the scenes also lends itself to some problem thing, you know, that can be problematic. Okay. This is where the whole thing becomes political. Okay. So now you've said, and you obviously didn't mean for it to become political, but in 2021, making money is political. When did Robin Hood get into the picture of Wall Street bets? And could one have existed without the other? I mean, one did exist without the other, like Wall Street bets existed before Robin Hood. Uh, but, Robin but it Hood was get just invented because of the dudes on Wall Street bets. No, because they I think they started maybe a year or two later and their their original focus uh, was slightly different. You know, when they came out of the starting gates, they said, we want to democratize uh, finance and we want to make it accessible to all. And that was their goal and it still is. And they've done that marvelously. They've done a really good job with that. Uh, and and so it just kind of coexisted beautifully with what Wall Street bets were doing because it was a good match for them. Um, you know, I, I saw in the early days of Robinhood when they were starting to advertise, I saw a, a screenshot of a Facebook ad they took out and it was a, the, a street sign like when you're on the highway and it says like, this way is the name of the exit or whatever. And it said YOLO is the name of the exit. I guess there's like a town called that in some state. And they said, hey, earnings season's coming up. Like, you know, why don't you have fun with, with Robinhood? So they themselves had adopted some of the language. They clearly were, were trying to go after that demographic for it. Uh, and the growth of Robinhood has matched perfectly the growth of Wall Street bets. In fact, in 2018, they started offering stock options, you know, the ability to, to trade stock options. And if you plot the growth of Wall Street bets alongside the growth of Robinhood, it went perfectly along the same lines until 2018. And then they both slanted upwards a lot, right? Like the Wall Street bets grew. And so we don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, but they, there's clearly a correlation there. Uh, and, and it, it, it worked out would, you know, could they work out without each other? Yeah. You know, but somebody else probably would have either come up with a wall street bets or a Robin hood. Was that the first huge spike in 2018? We, no, we have spikes throughout the anytime anyone makes the news on on Wall Street bets, you get little spikes. Uh, the change of rate, right? And, and the, the growth rates would change as soon as uh, Robin Hood started stock options. Stock options allow you to to take more risk. So if you have like say uh, $500 and you wanted to trade, let's say Facebook, right? And say Facebook, I don't know what it's at, let's go with $230 a share. So you can afford two shares with this. Right. And so it's little money. If you make 5%, you know, you're talking about making what 20 bucks. Uh, if you, if you take the same $500 and you buy stock options, um, you can potentially double that money overnight or triple that money wow. or 10, tenfold that money. And it's, it's also really risky. It's very, I mean, most people end up losing all of it, all of it. Exactly. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of, they work and they're great for gambling. They're great for, for what everyone's trying to do here on wall street bets. And uh, uh, so as soon as they started offering that for free, 
then you have a huge interest because like now we can do this. Now we can gamble more efficiently, right? Because this gambling making 2% of the time is boring. Like I think it's going to be years before I catch up to Warren Buffett with my $500, right? But with stock options, I just made $10,000 overnight. Let me multiply that times whatever, 220 something yeah. trading days a year. That's how I'm going to be millionaire by the end of the year. Uh, so, so those kind of went up in tandem. So GameStop wasn't the first time something like that happened, right? When was the first GameStop-esque situation? Uh, you know, there's been, uh, so when, when you refer to GameStop, you mean like everyone coming together to trade a stock or high profile news worthy? No, I would say high profile. I mean, it's like they've never been done before. They almost like they saved GameStop for a minute. Have they done that with other? Julie's very, very um, idealistic about the whole thing. She I was, I was. She literally did a story about until... them doing the gorillas. All right. In my defense. <laughs> on the podcast, she covered them doing I the I thought gorillas. for a minute that there was like an altruistic thing going on. Sorry lesbian can't help it and then the thing with the gorillas and then i watched you that's why you're here now because julie got obsessed she's like those guys from gamestop they <laughs> donate to the gorillas i'm obsessed with the gorillas i was like i'm sure they the was, had some way to make money off that but and then, and then <laughs> i watched you and all of your interviews and then you you were the one that my the the curtain opened and i was like he, you you said he was like they're gonna make money on the way up and they're going to make money on the way down that they don't care if GameStop goes up or goes down to them. It's about how they're making money. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then you said they feel guilty. <laughs> fuck. You said they feel guilty. So they invest in charities or donate but, to right. charities. Well, what about the gorillas? To, but to, <laughs> oh. to, to be, to be fair, that hasn't quite played out yet. Like that was my prediction, you know, when everything started in January, but GameStop's still super high. You know, I forget what it's at now. Like it's still like close to $200. And so, you know, it hasn't had it's had some swings. It went down to 50 and went back up to 200, whatever. So uh, with that one in particular, I may not have been as right because they, they started talking about diamond hands hold forever, whatever. But the, <laughs> look, the first time they tried to be altruistic, there there has been a few examples there. They're, uh, in when the pandemic started and you have all these bankrupt companies that are starting to come out because everyone was locked in um, uh, Hertz, so the car rental company declared bankruptcy and you could buy their shares for about two dollars a share. And so the guys from Wall Street Bet said. All right, so you're supposed to buy low and sell high. Two is pretty darn close to zero and pretty far away from infinite. So I, I think we can go ahead and do this. And so everyone piled into GameStop, uh, sorry, into, into Hertz right when they declared bankruptcy. That was the catalyst. You know, they said, this thing's not going to not gonna go away. The pandemic will be over. And uh, and, they, and they shot the price up from $2 a share to like $5 a share. And they made a ton of money doing it. And, uh, and, and Hertz, the company, turned around and said, Whoa, 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 what's this? We just doubled the size of our company. So they went to a judge and they said, dear judge, the bankruptcy judge, and they said, dear judge, these lunatics are trading the stock because they think that whatever, they, you know, they don't realize that we just declared bankruptcy or they don't care. And they're driving up the stock. If you allow us to sell more stocks at this price, at this elevated price, that'll be enough for us to cover our debt and get out of bankruptcy, oh. right? And so the judge said, sure, sounds good to me, you know, and he's this hammer. And so then they turn around and then Hertz goes, excellent. And, and literally we have to have to file these documents when you when you decide to, to sell more shares on the uh, on the exchange. And in their prospectus, they said, we're taking advantage of all the people that are just uh, of this media. And we really please know that you'll probably lose all your money because the stock's not worth this much. But. You know, this is this might help us. And then it was FINRA, which is like kind of like the SEC is this regulator that said, sorry, you can't defraud people. Like you can't <laughs> you can't assume that, 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 you know, the stock market doesn't work like that. Right. So 
Uh, it, it's tricky, the regulation. GameStop may or may not be able to get themselves out of it. When you sell your shares to somebody, when you know they're not worth that, that's when it's fraud, right? Uh, and you profit from it or you benefit from it. Uh, so if you're all if you're already owning the shares, let's say that you own GameStop and then you go online and you pump it and you lie about it or whatever and you and you offload a huge amount into unwitting victims, right? And they're going to suffer at your benefit, that's against the law. And so GameStop is kind of in a tricky situation because they don't want to, you know, they, they could get themselves out of trouble. And they might, I believe AMC or one of the other ones that they did this with did find a, a loophole where they were able to, to sell stock and, and, and kind of get back on their feet. So that's that's the first example of that I can remember of a let's save the company type deal. There's kind of like not that much room for that much heart in the stock market, it seems. Just like a casino. Because you can't go into a casino and gamble and be like, hello, sir. <laughs> I'm down on my luck, but I hope that I win this money. They they might feel bad for you, but everyone is there to make money. No one's there to worry about your feelings <laughs> and what how shitty you did with your business or whatever. So there's got to be a, a heartlessness there just across the board so that's why when there i saw is. that thing with gamestop and the gorillas i was like oh my god you know what i mean <laughs> no there, there is but there isn't like they, they they are the people at the end of the day and the, when, when once again when the pandemic started the stock market crashed it went down like 50 percent, right and people on wall street bets are saying oh shoot the world's gonna end the you know everyone's locked in the flights are closed the supply chain is disrupted the thing everything's crazy the world is over let's short the stock market then they start shorting the stock market and the stocks when they fall they tend to fall really really fast and then when they go back up it tends to go back slower uh so if you decide to go short at the right time you can make a ton of money and that's what they did on wall street bets they were making so much money and they're having fun doing it because they're like more unemployment numbers more <laughs> bankruptcies yay hurry and they're having so much fun and they're trying to they're hoping for more bad news and they're hoping for more of these mutations of the virus so they never get the vaccine because they're short it and they made so much money so quickly that they felt guilty about it and then you saw a huge flew of posts saying guys you have to give back the karma you have to donate. And okay. so there was a huge drive. I yeah. participated in a drive where they raised like $50,000 for people on Wall Street Best to give to some charity. And and a lot of people did that on their own. And they were po posting screenshots to say, this is how I'm kind of redeeming myself, right? Because I realize it's not funny that people have lost their jobs or lives or whatever. There is a feeling where it's like, we're not going to be fucking told what to do, man. <laughs> like the big hedge funds or whatever, they'll do whatever they want. They'll take out whoever they want. They'll... I, you know, the lingo, I don't know. They like the stonk, they pump the huh, the whatever. <laughs> and then they're telling people that what how they're going to do it. And then those guys in your group or in the Wall Street Bets group were like, no, 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 no. We're going to tell you, sir, you old sir, how it's going <laughs> to get done. And I do, and they do it, I do like that. They do it in a great way too, because they're they're some of them are extremely knowledgeable and they use, you know, they're, they're good trolls because they're trolling the media <laughs> at this point. If you want to study finance, you go for years, you get your master's and you get your certification as a financial advisor, you have to study more years and it's super complicated and you have to know all these things. And they're like, dude, stocks go up. That's where they do. Stocks always go up. And they just kind of make fun of people on on CNBC or the, the suits as they've come to know them. And in, in some respects, the people on the serious finance guys are like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. You childish, you know, right. you, you yeah, never so just wait until the stocks go down. Then we'll see who's laughing. And then they, they have the last like the guys on Wall Street Bets have the last laugh anyways, because they they say, look, the stocks have always gone up. Yeah, we had a Great Depression. 
yeah, we yeah. had a dot com, whatever. We had 1987. We had the, uh, a ton of these things. But look, the stocks are still higher. They do go up. So shut up and just right. buy the stock. And and they're right at the end of the day. But they're but even if they do have all the certifications, they they, they realize that they can compete, and without having to make any effort. Would you host? Would you like replace one of those fucking losers <laughs> on Fox Business or? <laughs> that guy that always yells, yeah, Jim Kramer, whatever. Oh, is that his name? Like, you, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any actors? Kind of. I mean, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go on those networks just because of all the stuff that you guys probably know about. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, and plan on creating my own network. Right? Oh, like, yeah. there's no, right. there's a huge audience for people that want to hear about this news. They do want to hear about Google's cell phone or whatever, you know, that they're doing. They But they want to see it in their own terms. They yeah. don't want to hear about discounted cash flows. They want to hear about the fact that the Tesla has a new ludicrous button or that this, you know, this, that the SpaceX is going to send something to Mars or whatever. And they want to have means and they want to talk about it on their terms. Uh, and, and there's no, there's no organized way of, of reaching out to this audience. And, and I'm well positioned to, to, uh, you know, to, to tap into that. Yeah. Well, I know we should probably wrap this up, but I hate to like have you in the icon series and not at least find out a little bit about like you. you. Did you come from money? Did you grow up with money? Uh, you know, like I, I, I say upper middle class, right? My parents, uh, well, my dad's been the one that's been the, the primary, uh, uh, breadwinner in the in the household, but he was a politician for all the time. Like I mm. was born and raised in Mexico for a few years, and I lived in the U.S. And he was a politician for for as long as I can remember. So oh. he did all. Right. And uh, well, that takes away you know, the next that, question, which was, did you was there politics in your house? Did you grow up around <laughs> politics? Uh yeah, <laughs> lots of it. Now, what is um, your what do, what would you how would you classify your political point of view? I, I mean, like, so my Republican Democrat, or what do you think about politics? Well, that's a very political answer that yeah. you gave. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we would like to. <laughs> we... <laughs> you know, my answer's boring. Look, I, I I tend to lean more left than I do right. You know, you have two things. You have like an ideology where I'm going to be a fiscal conservative and I'm going to be, in a, you know, but like a social. But we all know that that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, but, but it's more like, all right, well, politics isn't quite about that anymore, right? Like, so I really like Barack Obama, the person, and it happened to align more with my ideology when he was there. But by the time he left, he wasn't so much on my good side, you know, for, for really obscure stuff that he was doing with things that, that dealt with net neutrality and things that actually affected my day to day. Like I don't have, I don't even live in the States. And so, uh, you know, guns, well, I did at the time I'd lived there until 2014, but I don't own a gun nor an interest in it. So I don't care about it. Right. Like I, uh, you know, like I'm not going to have an abortion anytime soon. So I, my life is not going to get affected day to day. So let, let the people that, that are affected by it have the, the, the loudest voice. Um, you know, like, so when it comes to ideologies and it's always the same six different topics, uh, that, that people talk about, but things like net neutrality is something that directly affected my life, which was online, uh, and some other little obscure things. Like I, I was, uh, a fan of Edward Snowden and I was not a fan of, of how that played out. So, you know, so politically speaking, I, I dis disagreed with the guy, right? Like. Then you have Donald Trump. Donald Trump is just such a controversial, you know, individual. It's not fair to say that he's a Republican. It's not a, he's Donald Trump. Right. And so the, the question when Donald Trump is around, it's like, do you like Donald Trump or not? Not are you blue or red? Is it it's it's an outside of that scope thing. And Donald Trump had a lot of virtues and a lot of faults. Right. And and I can kind of pick and through and then add them up and see where things land. And 
things could have ended up much worse than they did. I, 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 I feared at certain points that it might have, but he did a lot of things that that did affect day to day that that I couldn't really complain about. Like, I can't be a hypocrite and say just because I dislike him for the most part, I'm going to dislike the fact that he's cutting taxes or changing some regulation or doing whatever. Right. Yeah. Or just because I do agree with Brock, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and, and, and support him on his treatment for Edward Snowden. So I do kind of roll with the, with the punches and I do evaluate the individual on a, on a big scale. I do tend to lean more left than I do. Right. The community is the whole big and how it got political is because it's basically like, you know, the David and Goliath story or it's the little guys against the big guys. And we know that there's no good guys and bad guys. It's basically <laughs> rich assholes versus regular assholes. So yeah. did you start it because of a of, of because you felt like an outsider or a regular ass regular asshole? Or did you start it because you, you were had a had a gambling addiction? <laughs> yeah. So it's you know, like it's not even it's the, I don't think anyone really starts it as I wanna take on the other guy. Like because at the end of the day it's kinda it's it's it is so circular, right? These hedge funds that are the bad guys, Goliath, whatever. You know what these hedge funds do for a living? They handle the pensions for teachers and firefighters and people that don't care to know about the stock markets, right? So so who's the big guy here, right? Yeah, the hedge funds make millions of dollars based off of the blah, blah, blah. But but at the end of the day, their product and their clients are people who's working on their retirements. And so it's not so clear cut. And these guys, like I did mention uh, with GameStop and or I did witness during the the crash uh, with, when they did themselves participate in short, like they're just trying to make money. I never anticipated wanting to to be on one side or the other. Uh, what I the, the kind of the the vision that I had was let's you know the more I learned about these things, the more they became accessible, and the more uh, some of them are technical. But the, the 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 some of the crazy things that you can do with the stock market made me realize this is obscene. Like I'm going to instead of take this picket approach and write a serious blog about the possible ramifications with, the, you know, with charts or whatever, and explain this thing about leverage that I was, you know, that I'm concerned about instead of taking that approach, it's like, let's make people so outraged, right. That they can't help, but to address it. Like the moment that I decide to literally turn the stock market into a video game contest, <laughs> right? With real money, with cameras, with the announcers to go, okay, it looks like this guy's gonna go up to this stock, <laughs> you know? And, and, and they're circling the screen so that he can see what he's doing and you have the audience <laughs> cheering for whatever they're doing. That, I mean, what what bigger, what, what better way uh, can there be to start a conversation about some of the the absurdities of it? And it, and it kind of goes both ways. And 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 a lot of people are celebrating the, the democratization, the fact that these little guys no longer need to be the big guys to to participate. Mm -hmm. And that, but, but we're not a, because we're not a corporation that has to answer the board of the shareholders, or whatever you know, because they're just kids. It's like, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and call it gambling. And we're going to go ahead and have fun doing it because you guys have been doing it forever, but with a suit on, right? We're going to be doing it from like this comfortable chair. Well, I love that it's like de demystifying. It is demystifying it. And it is also taking it down a notch. And it's saying like, look, you might, these big guys in suits are still fucking hookers and doing cocaine <laughs> in a back room. And they're still guys, you know, doing that shit. And so we, maybe we're not doing that. Maybe we are, but we're not pretending we're not. So we're going to like yeah. live and have fun and who wants to pretend that something isn't absurd when it is? So I just love yeah. that. And uh, we always hear, and Trump said this a lot during his administration. He said that we knew that the economy was going well because of the way the stock market was. And I, I never, because we don't yeah. know that much about the stock market or... <laughs> 
the economy or money. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But just something about that didn't ring exactly true. And so my question, I guess, is can you explain the stock market is not the economy. The economy is not the stock market. And if it's a casino and it does well, that is good for the economy. But at the same time, it's still just a casino. So that, that's a great example for the type of more sophisticated high level trolling that takes place yeah. right like with by no by no stretch of the imagination is the stock market the economy right like sometimes it goes side by side but but oftentimes they don't and and uh you know trump's obsession with being the highest stock that's ever been like what's funny is the stock has always been the highest that it's ever been look at any president ever and they yeah. have presided over the highest stock market ever right like <laughs> You know, Obama took over the hate, the, the Great Depression, sorry, the Great Recession. And by the time he handed off the government, he was handing over government with the highest stocks ever. And then Bush did the same to him and, and then Clinton, the same to him. So so that that obsession with him was just so humorous to me because just as a personality, you could tell that it really mattered to him. So people just kind of roll with the flow. They know that it's complete BS, right? So when everyone got their stimulus check because they're unemployed and because the government, you know, because the whole economy of the world is stopped, the stock market shut up like crazy because all these guys were at home trying to make money and buying buying call options that are very specific types of call options too. They're not even just random. And 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 so you have these fluctuations. Trump being obsessed with it, it was, it was a point of making fun really. And, and I did it frequently on Twitter. But um, but no, no, stock market's not the economy. It was a high level trolling. So our last question is basically, do you feel responsible for this whole thing, whether good or bad? Do you feel responsible for it? And are you proud of, of this as your legacy? I, yes to the second, not to the first, right? So I, I am very proud because from the onset, and even, you know, if you read uh, a lot of the things that I wrote in my book, we're, we're pre not predicting that GameStop's going to go up in January by this amount, but I predicted that we'd have events like this where these little guys were going to in droves take over the big guys. And I also pointed out the fact that the stock market system was going to break as it did. Right. And so these, these, uh, that, that was my way of trying to visualize these conversations, doing this, this stock trading thing is my way of saying, look, there, there's more people that should be talking about the stocks, right? There's more people that should fix a few of the things that they need to do to, to, to get Wall Street, but also to get everyone as involved as possible because everyone can take as much control and lose money or make money or break even, right? But all of a sudden you're caring about the world because you bought some shares in some random company hoping to make a little bit of money. Now you're reading the news and seeing what happens with these chips or the automakers, whatever, because you're trying to validate your 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 thesis. So that that engagement is something that I've always really wanted to have. And I figured that the best way to do that is if you're having honest, fun conversations that, that are lighthearted, that are that are not alienating people that the, the way that I was being alienated from these uh, investing forums. So I'm so I'm definitely proud because that's happened. Right. People talk about it now and Even people us. are yeah. we were yeah. so yeah. excited and, and having yeah. to be like, what is GME? I'm yeah. like Googling it and shit and like telling her, I'm like, you won't believe this shit. I got I got a you know, I got mess I get messages from all over. I got a message from a taxi driver in Spain. He goes, I don't understand anything that just happened, but you're a freaking hero, man. But I, I don't I don't take responsibility because I don't I didn't do any of that. Right. I never have done any of that. Not ever. You know, like whether I was a moderator or not. And I was a moderator for the first eight years and, and, and moderating over the over the some of the highest profile events. I never 
did anything about that, right? Like these are the individuals. This is the power of social media. You have a viral video, viral moment, somebody that's talented or funny or this and that, or like clever or lucky, you name it. And they go on there and it's thanks to the, the community and thanks to individual users that, that these things end up happening. And, uh, and I'm, you know, uh, every time that there's a little event like this, whoever it was that was at the forefront is to, to be held responsible, if we want to use that word for it, uh, for that particular event. So that's pretty much where I stand. Well, the Housewives wouldn't exist without Andy yeah. Cohen, <laughs> and you are the Andy Cohen of Wall Street bets. Yeah, and the Bob Ross. Little, of Bo- yeah, you're the, the Bob Ross and the Nick Fury, <laughs> and none of it would have happened without you, and, and you even got us, people like us, yeah. to be interested. Tell, <laughs> tell our 14 listeners where they can find you, where they can buy your book. So you can find me on Twitter. It's just Wall Street Bets spelled out. Uh, there's just a, a ton of different Wall Street bets type of copycats that went out, but mine's the one that's Wall Street bets spelled out. Uh, and uh, my book is on Amazon. It's called Wall Street Bets: How Boomers Made the World's Biggest Casino for Millennials. Uh, and yeah, you'll be you'll be you'll be seeing and hearing more of me as soon as these these details get ironed out. But guaranteed to to find out about it as soon as they're a little bit more. Uh, as, as soon as they're ready to be announced. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yes, it was. Thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure. Okay, bye. She chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. She chopping broccoli. All right, here we are, post-icon interview, ready to chop it the fuck up. Jamie Rogozinski, meow meow. Why is it so awkward getting off these, <laughs> like, like these Zoom calls? I don't know, it just is. I don't never, I never know how to end it. No one ever can get off. Not only can you're like, okay, well, thanks and bye. And <laughs> everyone's reaching oh, to figure well, out how to. You leave the meeting. You leave the group. You. I don't do know you how. Press stop. First of all, we're gonna talk about it on the Patreon because I feel like goodbyes, even on a regular phone call, I hate doing them. Yeah. It's a whole thing. We're gonna we're gonna chop up, mm-hmm. if you will, on the our Patreon podcast because, like, I end up telling the person on at&t like um okay talk to you soon i'm like i'm never gonna <laughs> talk to them again it's like when i mm-hmm. say at the airport like they go have a good flight i go you too i'm like they're not flying <laughs> i've d- literally had to do mantras where i'm like just say have a good day because mm-hmm. i can't i'm like bye i don't know how to k- hang up so now we're trying to get off these zoom calls like for example when we talk to um andrew yang mm-hmm. i do this thing where i just scoot to the side like i roll <laughs> I my like chair off, 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 camera, off camera and then you're stuck alone handling everything <laughs> and and I just leave you, I hang you out to dry, like, good luck with that. And for whatever reason, with Jamie Rogozinski, I needed to shut the screen off. And I went up and pushed X. And then you looked at me and you were like, I hope that didn't delete the recording. And I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't know what to do. I just felt so awkward. Yeah, it is super, super, super awkward. But the interview wasn't. I mean, that GameStop shit is super fucking interesting. And those guys are, to me, those, they're all behind a curtain somewhere. It's definitely shrouded in mystery. Shrouded. (laughs) Shrouded. That's what it is. I hope people, I hope our 14 listeners understand why he was chosen Mm. as an icon. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we did Bill Browder, mm-hmm. who is responsible for the Magnitsky Act. He completely changed um, our relationship, the, America's relationship with Russia and even Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, the Magnitsky Act is going worldwide. Right. And getting Bill Browder on. It's like this, you know, it's like a lot of people don't know who Jamie Rogozinski is. Right. But he is a game changer. Mm-hmm. He is a Bob Ross. He is a Bob Ross. I mean, what he was talking about when he's going to do with the um, like they do with e-games. That is enormous. Yeah. Like those guys, all the all the my mana, like yeah. the, all my mana who go yeah. and are really dealing with trading their mana, their real mana. Yeah. Didn't he say he already did it once? <sighs> Or he I was going to. He's, he's going to he do that. He was going to do it, and then the pandemic. He, right. He had, he had that big thing, but now it's going to be in Vegas. That's going to be crazy. And then we had Miyoko Skinner of Miyoko's Creamery. Yes. Again, another game changer. Game changer. They're icons. They are icons. And yeah. we had Andrew Yang, and he was going to be in the icon mm-hmm. series, Mamma. But I don't know if you recall, we made his own segment <laughs> called Andrew Motherfucking Yang. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But he he is he would, you know, obviously pinnacles in terms of icons. But Mm -hmm. it was truly an honor to talk to someone Mm -hmm. who has affected absolutely changed the future. He's like Andy Cohen. He literally is like that. Wall Street Bats is like the Housewives television shows. Like, yeah. And then the offshoot of that is all the life, the ecosystem that happened from that. That's right. Is because of him. And that is just like Andy Cohen. So and he's close with a handful. Right. Some other one. Right. He props some up. Mm -hmm. It works. It's a synergy. Yeah. And it doesn't work without Andy Cohen. And Wall Street Bets doesn't work without Jamie Rogozinski. Mm -hmm. Now, he might not be moderating. And we didn't ask him because it wasn't that easy to ask him stuff that he seemed he wanted to keep secret. But um, I've got a feeling he's definitely still on there. Yeah. Actively mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree. Yeah, for sure. And there's no way that the, those who know and those who care aren't giving him the deference that, you know, he deserves. Now, I would think also much like Housewives, there's some haters, there's trolls, there's... Yeah. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. It literally, he bore like, a, I don't I know, I don't know what other word to use, but an ecosystem. And he, he created that. And now it exists with it, with or without him. It is now going to go on. He's going to be the leader of all the things that it's like when he's talking about that, e, like the esports thing. He's doing that. And we all know that after he does that, other people are going to try and do that. You know what I mean? And he's he's in Mexico um, sitting on a pile of money that he made <laughs> yes. from Wall Street bets, yes. from all of the futures trading and mm-hmm. the predictions. And he's very, very rich. He's very rich. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. If you're new to us and you haven't signed up for our Patreon podcast yet, please go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and check it out. We have a free one there from September called Windows Up Sing Time. There's no ads or structure or anything resembling a real show. (laughs) And we don't talk any politics on our Patreon podcast. Now, we are still very offensive and annoying. 
but it's just in a more organic, unprepared, what's the point of this podcast, go get some fucking content kind of way. Right, Mem Meow? Yeah, sorry. We're not Trisha Paytas, no, okay? We do we're not, just not. We just, we're not we just content, don't have the content. We, don't. we just don't have the content, okay? We do two a week. You can choose whether you want to sign up for one or two. They're both an hour, and it's $1 for one and $2 for two. If you're not sure you'll have the time, then sign up for one a week. You can always go in and cancel if it's too much. Or you can easily upgrade to two a week if you decide you want more. And you can easily cancel when we become too insufferable for your ears. It's not some stressful contract. It's $1. Patreon doesn't lock you in for life. No, no. In fact, we're pretty sure people find a way to pay a dollar and listen to every episode. That's right. And we welcome that. Anything to get you there. Just go over there. Go over there with your grift. That's right. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Jamie Rogozinski. Mm-hmm. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Let me show you around and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. 
But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 